I've just been on this this path to really understand what it takes to you know achieve financial freedom. We have this amazing new opportunity with the crypto market. There has never been a more exciting time to you know be me, really. You know, getting getting to wake up every day, like excited to help people with this like new space. Our world is pretty much controlled by Google, Facebook, Amazon. That's that's like eighty percent of the internet. You know, for the first time ever, the middleman, the banks, the PayPal's, the Venmos of the world, the middleman's no longer there. You've got to allow individual people to conduct business. All money is going to be made in crypto and DeFi and Web three in the next decade. It just goes back to the purest form of money, which is: Will you accept this in exchange for goods and services? Yes or no? How much do you believe this is worth? Yes or no? We can actually build the entire financial system in a decentralized manner. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Balu. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and boy, do we have an incredible guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a leading thought leader in the new bleeding edge arena of human endeavor. It is no exaggeration to say that what this man is an expert in is what is literally transforming the world as we speak. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Ali Al Gore. Welcome to the show, Ali. That is the greatest introduction I have ever received at any time in my life. Nikki, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, brother. Thank you for saying that. And, and uh, God bless you. It's, uh, it's an honor to have you here with us today. I'm very excited about this conversation. And let's get right into it as, uh, as quickly and as powerfully as we can. So, Ali, I have come to uh, ask you to come be a guest on the show because I read this book. And this book, the only cryptocurrency investing book you'll ever need, has got to be one of the most powerful books that I've ever read. I'm excited to be talking to you because, as I said to you, I'm new to the crypto space, yet I'm convinced that crypto, DeFi, Web 3.0 is changing the world as we speak. And the world today is going to be unrecognizable in 10 years. And I'm excited to be speaking to you because you're a genuine, bona fide thought leader in the space. So thanks for coming on the show. Let me tell you a little bit about what this show is all about. This is a show that is dedicated to the proposition that man and women are created by God to live free. We are champions of freedom. We are champions of free expression. We have governments around the world today, supposedly free governments that are trying to squash people's free expression. We are against that. We are in favor of freedom. And we are, of course, champions of free enterprise. We believe in free enterprise. Free enterprise is the most moral and noble system of economic and self-governance ever created. We bring people here because our listeners are entrepreneurs. 
And as entrepreneurs, they naturally gravitate toward freedom. They naturally believe in free expression. They naturally believe in free enterprise. And so we bring people here to help them be more successful. We want people to inspire them. We want people to teach them. We want people to show them the way. And I'm grateful that you're here because I know you're going to do all this for the people. But before our people can open their hearts to you, man, they got to get to know you a little bit. So tell us, Ali, how'd you get to be the great Ali Al Gore? Wow. Um, so in 2008, my, um, my grandfather introduced me to the stock market for the first time. Uh, he got out this ancient laptop. Do you remember those ones back in like, you know, the mid 2000s where they weighed about five kilos? Yep. And I had one. <laughs> you know, the definition of portable it was very different back then. So, you know, he, this is in the midst of the global financial crisis. I'm 18 years old at that time. And he gets out his laptop and he, he shows me his net worth in 2008. And he had lost around 90% of it in about six months because of the global financial crisis and because of, you know, very poor advice he had received. And because of, you know, all these giant traditional financial institutions, um, his biggest holding, Citigroup, was down 94%. And that was my introduction to the financial markets and investing as an individual. And I thought, how could this man, the, the breathing, living definition of the immigrant success story, how could he lose everything in very short space of time. The man was in his mid-80s, and in six months, he'd lost 90% of his net worth. And ever since then, I've just been on this, this path to really understand what it takes to you know, achieve financial freedom, to grow your net worth through the stock market. And now we have this amazing new opportunity with the crypto markets and with DeFi. And it's fascinating because... I realized like they, there's no there's no real secrets. It's just really a couple of things. It's like it's patience and it's the willingness to accept new ideas. That's really all it takes. Like, you know, we talked briefly off camera about, you know, your exposure to Google and Microsoft and Amazon in the mid-90s. And the way I look at it now is we have the mid-90s again except we don't have these dot-com stocks. We have this entire new asset class in cryptocurrency. And there has never been a more exciting time to you know, be me, really. You know, get to, getting to wake up every day, like excited to help people with this like new space that people understand a little bit, but there's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of misinformation as well. And being able to do that, you know, it's, it's a blessing. Ollie, that's incredible. And I want to repeat what I said to you off camera. I was around in the mid 90s. I actually worked um, at a company called ClearNet, which was later acquired by Talus Corp in Canada and became part of Talus Mobility. ClearNet then was like a Toronto Canadian version of a Silicon Valley startup. It was, it was an exciting time to be alive. ClearNet had incredibly cool technology. They had cool people running it. There was a youthful energy around it. And um, I thought it was great. And one of the things that I was fortunate to 
experience while I was clearing it was we had a meeting with what was then a fledgling company called Amazon. And this, this fella came, came over and told us, you need to invest in Amazon. Amazon is a great company. It's going to change the world. And I'm sitting there going, okay, I mean, it sounds good, but I didn't pull the trigger. And then I had another friend of mine who said to me, you need to invest in Apple. Now, keep in mind, this was when Apple had just gone through the Newton debacle. Yeah. Steve Jobs wasn't back quite yet. And uh, it looked like Apple was not even going to survive. But my friend was like convinced that Apple is the future and you need to invest in Apple. So I passed on Apple as well. And then another friend of mine said, look, you need to buy Google. Google's this incredible stock and you, you got to buy Google. And, and again, it all sounded good. I am buy, brother. I am buy. And then a decade goes by you know, kind of around 2008, just when you got involved in what you got involved in. And I saw how much these stocks have risen and I was shocked. I was shocked. $10,000 placed in those three stocks in the late nineties by 2008, just 2008, not today would have made me over a million dollars. Yeah. And from then till now, I'd be worth over 25. So when I got introduced to, to, to the world of crypto and DeFi and Web 3.0, something went off in me. I'm 54 years old. I know a lot of people say I don't look it, but I'm 54 freaking years old. Okay. I've done well. I'm successful. But I haven't done as well as I want to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to be in a energy. whole different space. I am inspirationally dissatisfied with my current lot in life. And so I started investing in crypto with the help of an individual, young man who's 26 years old, less than half my age. He's been mentoring me. We made an arrangement that he gets a small portion of my profits. And um, he's been helping me learn about the space, navigate the space. And the more I got into it, the more I go, wow, this is cool. This is great. And I need to speak to people who know what they're doing at a level that I can't even fathom because I'm nowhere near an expert in crypto. I'm, I'm now just barely out of a complete newbie stage, just barely out of that. I'm, I'm what you'd probably call, I'm mediocre at understanding this, you, you know, but I'm, I'm clear on one thing and I want everyone listening to this to get this. This is the time. Now is the time. You do not want to be like me and miss out on investing in the opportunities in this space. You want to be investing in the opportunities in this space. You want to be finding the next winners in this space. And you want to find it and stay with it for the next 10 years. Because if you do that, that $10,000 investment that you put into this space in 10 years could be worth 10 million, 20 million. And that's, that's really what I wanted to say. But Ollie, tell us a little bit about why you're so excited about Web 3.0 cryptocurrency and DeFi? It's the first time in over 150 years that we have an actual new asset class. This isn't like you know, tech stocks. This isn't like biotech. This is a whole new financial entity. 
you know, for the first time ever, we're going to have a situation where the middleman, you know, the middleman being the banks, the PayPal's, the Venmo's of the world, the middleman's no longer there. And if the middleman is no longer there, the portion of the overall value that can be shared on both the producer and the consumer side, it goes from, you know, maybe 70% to nearly 100%. And in terms of an individual, that just means that, say you invest money in a, in a DeFi protocol, you're not getting 0.1% on your money. You might be getting 5%, 10%, 20%. And in the current world we live in, when I opened an account at Chase the other day, and now you have to go into the branch. And the woman was laughing when she's like, well, your savings account will pay you 0.01%, which is nothing. And I was like, yeah, I get 19.5% in a DeFi protocol, so I'm cool. And, you know, for the individual whose savings, savings accounts are useless and you're thinking, well, I don't want to put everything in the stock market because of the volatility. Oh, now there's this other option that just simply didn't exist five years ago mm-hmm. with DeFi. And this is just a tiny fraction of it. You know, the entire DeFi ecosystem is about half the size of JP Morgan, which is a single bank. The insurance market is worth $6 trillion. The capital markets, if we include the stock and the bond markets, that's $100 trillion. Now imagine all of that money without middlemen anymore. Wow. The, the amount of value that can be shared between producers and consumers is insane. And even beyond that, you talk about Web3, the ability for, let's say, let's say a musician, the ability for a musician, instead of getting, I think it's about 12% of the overall revenue of the music industry actually goes to the artists, Yes, which, which is ridiculous. It's insane. Instead of 12%, it's, it's now 75%. It's now 80%. It's now 90%. And so like on a societal level, you talk about sovereignty, you talk about self-governance. We, there's no permission anymore. There's no, oh, sorry, sir, you don't meet our requirements to get a loan. Sorry, sir, you, you were born in the wrong country. There's, th- there's two and a half billion people who don't have a bank account. Imagine is, if you're a Russian or Belarusian right now, because oh my you, may, you may hate Vladimir Putin, which I'm sure a ton of them do, but because a lot of these organizations have decided to virtue signal you can't use their services. I mean, it, to, to me, that's absolutely insane. I know, I know. I, um, you know, at, at the company I run, Freeman Publications, we use Upwork to get contractors, for example. Sometimes. Me too. Log into Upwork, and there's a big thing saying, we no longer accept Russian freelancers on this platform. That's insane. I was like, I was like what did they do wrong? Nothing. They, they were born on the wrong piece of rock. And it's, it's, it's actually prejudiced and bigoted, in my opinion. I, and I use Upwork, oh, and I'm a fan. But it, 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 the president of Upwork is now a bona fide bigot. You can say that with confidence. He's an anti-Russian, anti-Belarusian bigot. No, 100%. I agree with you. It's, you. You've got to allow individual people to conduct business. And, for example, there's a Web3 platform right now called Brain Trust, which is essentially Upwork without the permission anymore. 
I love freelancers it. can get in contact with companies. They can do the work and they can get paid. They can actually get paid in USDC, which is equivalent to the US dollar. Yeah, it's a stable coin. It's fantastic. Stable coins, exactly. Yeah. And it's this permissionless world that we're going to move to. So, you know, right now, our world is pretty much controlled by a handful of companies, Google, Facebook, Amazon. That's, that's like 80% of the internet in terms of where we spend our time and where we spend our money. Agreed. We're now moving to a way more splintered system where it's basically go where you'll be treated best. You know, let's say, you know, for example, a lot of our readers are, are older. They don't want to use Facebook anymore. They say, look, I don't want to give my information to Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg. I, I don't want to get spam ads. And so, you know, we have a few options, but it doesn't really exist in a way where, you know, the original conception of the, of the World Wide Web was this decentralized entity where anyone can communicate with anyone. There was no permission. If you wanted to put up an article, someone could read that. Now it's, if you want to put up an article, no one's going to read it because Google has you on page 416. And so no one can find you. Or you can just pay Google for ads and you can get to number one. But that means that once again, all of the power is in the, hand, is in the hands of half a dozen companies. And this crypto world, this DeFi world, this Web3 world puts the power back in the hands of the individual. And that is like, it's really powerful on a societal level, but also just on a wealth generation level. Like more money is going to be made in crypto and DeFi and Web3 in the next decade than anything else. I say that with 100% confidence. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying um, here. And I think the points you made about what crypto, Web3, and DeFi do, which is take away the need for permission by getting rid of the middleman, is a very, very powerful point. Um, look, I'm a libertarian conservative, and I make no bones about it. And um, I live in Canada. A few months ago, we had uh, a bunch of freedom-loving blue-collar truckers uh, make a trek to our capital city and uh, protest and demand that the government do away with this vaccine mandate uh, for truckers to cross the border. And keep in mind, truckers are alone. They are sitting in the cab of a truck. They don't come into contact with people. So it made no sense. It was purely a power play move. So once they did these protests, a lot of the provincial governments in Canada, they um, backed away from the mandates and we freed up. The federal government didn't. Our federal government decided to crush these people. They didn't treat them like their citizens. The leader of our country refused to meet with them. They asked for a meeting. He refused. He called them all kinds of vile names, like he called them racist, sexist, and misogynist. And that's rich from a black face wearing man who mistreated the women cabinet ministers who disagreed with him. It was really rich. But then he started to sick the police in the courts on them. And there are images of Canadian police, uh, Ottawa-based police riding horses, 
And there was a woman, a 70-year-old woman with a walker who was trampled by the horse. Trampled. Like, you can find that video. Oh, it's, it's, it's graphic. And then these folks were trying to raise money and, and um, GoFundMe took away their money and said, nope, we don't believe in your cause. Then another company who was sympathetic to your cause raised money for them. And all the people that donated to them got doxxed. And then the Canadian government said, oh, by the way, if you gave money to these people, we're coming after you, huh? In a, in a free democratic country. So I had one of the leaders of the convoy on my show. And I also you know, gave some money to these folks. And I'm like, are they going to come after me? Is this happening in free democratic Canada? Are they going to unbank me? Because the banks had frozen the assets of a bunch of people. So when that happened, a friend of mine worked for the biggest Canadian bank and said, um, there's been a run on our bank. They're not going to report it in the news, but the policy is being ditched by the bank. They're not, they're not unbanking anybody anymore because this happened. So thank yeah. God for the Canadian people saying, give me all my money, you bastards. And, you know, Ali, this is so important as a development because this is allowing citizen sovereignty. Now, I have a uh, I have a website um, for a men's organization I run, and it's called Sovereign Man, SovereignMan.ca. I'm going to just put it in the chat for you so you can see it, and you ought to just take a look at this when you have a moment. But thank you. Yeah, of course, brother. But we're all about. We're all about having people be sovereign. And it appears that this technological revolution is allowing the average man, the average woman to become sovereign, to choose where they bank, to choose where they live, to choose how they do business. And if they don't like how they're being treated, they can easily say, I don't need you anymore. Bye-bye and go do things their own way. Is yeah. that accurate? No, 100%. And that's why, you know, we talked about Russia and Ukraine earlier. Both sides of this conflict are raising money with crypto, I which I think is incredible. <laughs> that's crazy. Because, you know, you can get banned. Like you said, you can get unbanked. You can get banned from SWIFT. You can get banned from these international payment networks. But, you know, one of the more common questions I get from people completely new to this space is like, well... What if they just make more Bitcoin? And I, my response is, there is no they. There is no leader. There is no CEO of Bitcoin. There is no, this is not how this works. You know, on a technological level, instead of having permission from the government or from Visa or from MasterCard saying, this is money. It just goes back to the purest form of money, which is, Will you accept this in exchange for goods and services? Yes or no? How much do you believe this is worth? Yes or no? And the fact that, you know, we have that now and the fact that we have Bitcoin and we actually just launched a product a couple of weeks ago and we took payment in crypto, which I thought was really, really cool. The fact that we had the ability to do that. We could say to people, hey, if you don't want to give Stripe or PayPal like a percentage of your money, you you can just pay us directly. We'll accept your Bitcoin. We'll accept your Ethereum. And people are like, oh, you know, thank you for giving me this option. And we're at the point now where with DeFi especially, we had, the, we had a problem before in crypto, which was 
there was no point in spending it because it was only appreciating in value. And if all everyone does is just hoard their money, then it, it kind of defeats the point of it actually being money. But now with DeFi, we can actually make Bitcoin, Ethereum, all of these other cryptocurrencies work for us you know, by participating in basic financial services like lending and borrowing. That means that we can actually function with this as a currency. Mm-hmm. It's gone from this sort of like niche store of value asset. You know, people call Bitcoin digital gold, which I think is very apt. And then we go from that to, oh, we can actually transact with this stuff now. We actually can have a functioning economy just using cryptocurrency. And, you know, for all the people in the world who don't have a bank account, for all the people in the world who have been unbanked, for all the people in the world who were born on the wrong piece of rock, that opens all these doors again for them. And, you know, that's, that's the exciting part. You know, in your book, you talk about the various things that money has had to do. You talk about money as a medium of exchange. You talk about money as a store of value. Uh, And the problem is that those two functions sometimes uh, contradict each other. They contraindicate. So the fact that there's money, that, that there can be different types of money for different functions of money is a beautiful thing. There's a, a, a writer by the name of David Cameron Gikandi. I don't know if you're familiar with him or his work, but he wrote yeah. a book called Money for All. Um, in the early 2000s, he wrote A Happy Pocket Full of Money, and he was a consultant on the great uh, documentary, The Secret, created by Rhonda Byrne. And um, David talks about how in the Renaissance period in, in Italy and in Germany and Austria, they were local currencies that actually had this this thing called the demiurge charge built into them so that you actually were encouraged to spend the money rather than hoard it because if you held on to it you it, it would lose its value and this money allowed for local economies to continue to trade with one another and then there was other forms of money that were about stores of value like gold and i think that's wholly appropriate we need to have money that can be used to fuel our economy and doesn't have a single group of individuals controlling it. And we also need to have money that has a good store of value uh, associated with it. And because what you said about Bitcoin is so true, there is no they there. There's no CEO of Bitcoin. Even the, the great Satoshi Nakamoto didn't own Bitcoin. He, he couldn't say what was going to happen to Bitcoin. Bitcoin is Bitcoin, and there's a finite supply of Bitcoin, so there can't be a printing press issued to print more Bitcoin, as a lot of governments are doing. They're printing money. My own home country of Canada, during the pandemic, there have been hundreds of billions of dollars of money printed, and inflation is running rampant in our nation right now. And that's a huge problem, isn't it? Oh, massive. Um, You know, I speak to people from all level like all financial statuses you know working class people to you know people with eight figure net worths and everyone feels inflation everyone feels inflation but by having you know something like bitcoin for example which by design is deflationary like you said there is a finite supply there can only be 21 million ever mined we actually just mined the 19th million last week 
And by having that, and by having this protocol that by design, you're not just going to be able to print more money. You know, I just moved to the United States last month. 20% of all the dollars in history were printed in 2020. 20% of all of the dollars ever, <laughs> which is like one of the most mind-blowing statistics. It is. It is. And now, you know, now we feel the knock-on effect of it because it's like, yeah, no wonder, you know, gas is $4 a gallon. No wonder. Of course, like there's all of this money that we've just given out for no reason. But, you know, once again, when it comes to crypto, these different protocols, they have governance written in that prevents that. You can't just like, yes, you can, you can create your own cryptocurrency. It will take about 10 minutes. But that doesn't mean anything because if no one recognizes it as having value, then it's like, me trying to, you know, go to the convenience store and buy something with wood. The guy's not going to accept my wood because he doesn't recognize it. And it's the same with crypto. Like, it's we, we will recognize value if we believe that this particular coin or token has utility. Because with traditional money, everything's governed by geography. You know, where I was born in the UK, we use British pounds. In the US, you use the US dollar. I'm going to Mexico on vacation in a couple of weeks. We're going to use pesos. It's all done with geography. With crypto, there's no geography. It's utility now. And so we have, this is why one of the other common questions is, well, okay, I understand Bitcoin, but why do we need the rest of these cryptocurrencies? Like, why can't we just use Bitcoin for everything? And the answer is, there is a utility problem. Is. And by having these different coins and tokens for different functions that's how we can now have this entire ecosystem it's not just a bunch of weird guys in their basements hoarding bitcoin because you know they they want to live off the grid which is essentially what the first five years of bitcoin was yeah 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 I just actually got a bunch of miners a few weeks ago and they're still sitting in their boxes for a, a coin called helium uh and i i need to get those out and get them going and i've just been a lazy bugger around that but what you're saying is very true i mean money has different uses like bitcoin is deflationary bitcoin is the gold standard everybody knows what bitcoin is i mean it's a multi-trillion dollar coin right now and it's it's something that has a a, a unique function as a store of value but bitcoin isn't easy to use for um utilitarian purposes like buying uh, and selling stuff right the, the technology is a little bit limited that way so the ethereum coin was created to allow people to be able to actually do things to move things from point a to point b so to speak on 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 the blockchain technology and conduct transactions and that's that's what made ethereum be the second most valuable coin right ollie yeah absolutely you know the way the way i explain it is you know bitcoin was digital gold and then ethereum is almost like a crypto operating system because it allows people to build on top of it it allows people to make decentralized applications you know so if you want to make a Say, for example, you want to make a decentralized version of SoundCloud. 
yeah. for people to stream music, for people to stream podcasts. If you want to do that, you can build that on Ethereum. Yeah. But then Ethereum has a problem in that by design, Ethereum can only handle about 30 transactions per second. Yeah. And that we've, we've seen so many problems with Ethereum in the past couple of years in that when there is a lot of usage on the Ethereum network, the transaction fees are really high. So for example, if I wanted to send you $30 worth of Ethereum, it might cost me $50 to send that. Which is crazy. Which is, and that is, you know, really limited crypto adoption because you try to explain that to anyone, they're going, well, that's stupid. Why would I use this? But we're at a point now on a technological level, and it's just like the internet. The internet was limited by the technology of the time. We couldn't do video streaming in the mid-90s because internet speeds were too slow. We couldn't really do these mass-adopted consumer apps in the mid-90s because smartphones weren't a thing yet. Yeah. We didn't have computers in the palm of our hands 24-7. But now we do. And the same thing's happening with crypto. You know, For example, Solana, which yes. is a coin I'm... I'm I'm a big believer in Solana can do about 65,000 transactions per second. Incredible. And I don't know if you've ever done a transaction on Solana. I have it costs yesterday. A, <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. It, Nothing. it costs a fraction of a cent and it's instantaneous. Yeah. It's great. It's not like Bitcoin or Ethereum where you have to wait like five or 10 minutes. It's, it's instantaneous. And the ramifications of that, it's like, well, now we could build a decentralized stock market because, you know, the NASDAQ, for example, can do 50,000, 100,000 transactions per second, which is what you need for a stock exchange. You know, you can't run a stock exchange on Ethereum. It would break within the first five minutes. But now with these new cryptocurrencies, and Solana is not the only one, there are others. We can actually build the entire financial system in a decentralized manner and that in itself i mean just from an investment standpoint think of all the money that is made by banks and financial services companies and just by market cap alone like that that can take the crypto market cap and 10x it in the next five years 100 you know the way the what the graph i always like to use is Internet adoption in 1995 was about 80% per year. So the entire like number of people on the internet was growing at about 80% per year. By the way, if exact you want to share that here right now, that graph, feel free to, by the way. Oh, see, this is this is a thing I should have prepared that. That's all good, man. That's all good. You don't have to, but I'm just saying if you wanted to, that's cool. But um, yeah, 80% per year. Ollie, you're coming back on the show, right? We're going to do a few of these, right? So, Oh, 100%. Right, 100%. Good. I, I'm digging this conversation. We got to have at least three or four or five or 10 more. <laughs> I would be honored, Nikki. I would be absolutely honored. This is, you know, I just like sharing the message, you know, back to the, back to the 80% per year thing. Crypto, same thing right now, 80% per year, overall crypto adoption. And, you know, people might be listening thinking, am I too late? Because that's what everyone thinks. We're all, we're always too late. You know, I, I remember when I first invested in crypto back in 2016, I was like, too late. Because <laughs> I, I remember trying to buy Bitcoin back in 2011. And 
if anyone's listening to this and they remember the process to buy Bitcoin back then, it was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. You know, doing wire transfers to these dodgy payment processors that were in a different language. And this is before Google Chrome had that little translate button. So <laughs> I, I was like copy and pasting the website into Google Translate trying to work out what I'm doing. <laughs> and, now, and now I have people saying, oh, this, this Coinbase thing's annoying. I've got to verify my identity. I'm like, you have no idea. You have no idea what yeah. we had to go through back in the day. <laughs> seriously, seriously. But, we live in the era of easy. Everyone wants things too easy, and I think that's wrong. But we'll, we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. No, I th- I'm a huge believer in there's this idea that I have that if something's a little bit difficult, that means 90% of people won't do it. You know, we, we live in the era of convenience. You know, I can... I can get anything delivered to my door in the next six hours, really. You can. Yeah. It's, it's not a good like, thing for your personal growth that that's true. Oh, no, it's not. There's no delayed gratification. And it's the same with like, you know, if you want to sign up to a DeFi protocol, it's very simple. If you don't have to use the internet, you can do it. But there's a few steps. It might take 10 minutes, but it's more difficult than just logging onto Fidelity or Ameritrade and buying a stock. And so for most people, they're like, you know what? Now this isn't for me because it's unfamiliar. And that's not an excuse. You know, we have readers. I spoke to one of our readers on Monday. He's 81 years old. And he said, you know what? I was really skeptical of this cryptocurrency thing. I didn't understand it. And to be honest, I still don't really understand it, but I'm willing to learn. And that's all I ever ask from people is that you have this willingness to learn. You know, my dad worked in IT for 40 odd years. He tells me about the punch cards. He tells me about how he spent $10,000 to buy an 800 megabyte hard drive back in the day for his company. And I was like, (laughs) my mind is absolutely shattered. But he's the same. He's like, look, I don't understand this crypto thing. I don't get it. I was like, dad, you used to tell me that you were the first person to have, he was the first person in his town, because he grew up in Lebanon, first person in his town to have a radio. I remember he bought a DVD player home in 1996. I was like, what is this? How are you going to get a VHS in that thing, Dad? It's so thin. (laughs) (laughs) And I said to him, it's the same thing now. Just because you're unfamiliar with it doesn't mean that's an excuse. All you need is the willingness to learn. Technologically, this stuff is not difficult. If you can use a computer and if you can use a smartphone, you can buy crypto, you can use a DeFi protocol. I run a men's organization, a men's movement called the Sovereign Men Movement. And I sent you the website. I also sent you an NFT project that I'm a a partner in. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But um, one of the things that I've observed is that we live in the era of easy. Everyone wants everything easy. Nobody wants to do the hard thing. I've been guilty of that myself. But recently, I I did a program put together by a man named Andy Frisella called 75 Hard. Have you heard of 75 Hard? Oh, I'm I'm very familiar with 75 Hard. I've never done it, but I'm very familiar with it. It's the second time I'm doing it. I'm on day 67 today. Day 67. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
people want everything easy, but easy, the easy stuff, there's no money in it. There's money in the hard stuff. And one of, one of my favorite ever speeches was given by the last great Democrat who was an American president, and that was John F. Kennedy. And it was at the beginning of the 60s where he made a determination that we're going to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And there's a brilliant line from that speech. And I, I encourage you to go watch that speech today, Ollie, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to inspire and motivate you and pump you up to go out and do more. But he said in that speech, in this amazing Massachusetts accent, we choose to go to the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. And I listened to that and I got goosebumps. I choose to be involved in crypto, to invest in crypto, to learn from men like you, to put programs out together for the people, which I want to talk to you about. Not because it is easy and I'm a master at it and I have it figured out, but because it is hard. And I believe that because it is hard, I'll become a stronger, sharper, better man, and I'll become a richer, more successful man as well. That's my belief. That's exactly what it is. If you're willing just to do a couple of things that people won't, that's when, you know, you, we can all play the hindsight game of, you know, I wish I'd invest in Amazon back then. I wish I'd invest in Google. My personal one of those is Shopify because I was very familiar with Shopify. Yeah. And, you know, I remember seeing it shortly after they went public and thinking, you know what, I... I think this company has has peaked. And you say this like this is six years ago now. And Shopify has, I think, I don't know, some something like 20x since then, just in six years. And I think of one idiot I was. I tried to get too cute with it, tried to think I was smarter than the the thing staring me in the face. But once again, if you're willing to do a few things that people won't. Because the great thing about investing is once you've actually bought the company, all you have to do is sit on your hands. That's where everyone trips themselves up because, you know, they're, they're looking at crypto every day. You know, what's Ethereum doing today? What's Bitcoin doing today? What's Solana doing today? And it's funny because I like my students all the time, like, oh, can you talk about the market today? I'm like, well, nothing's happened. What, what do you want me to say? I was like, there, there's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing to say. It's sit on your hands for the next five years. You know, my crypto holdings have appreciated, like, I don't even know how many Xs since I first invested. But I didn't do anything for that money. I did the work up front, did my research, bought the coins that I thought were going to do well. Not all of them did. But hey, you only need one or two. And those have appreciated massively. I didn't do anything during that six-year period. I just sat there patiently thinking, you know what, well, I believe in this. I'm seeing on a fundamental basis more and more adoption is happening. The laws of the land are going in our favor when it comes to, you know, regulation crypto is a good thing because it gives it legitimacy and it allows these big financial institutions to invest in it, which does drive the growth. And you just sit there and... It appreciates and you're like, wow, I have made all of this money simply through patience and 
really just delayed gratification. I could have withdrawn some of that money years ago. I could have bought some nice toys. But that's not what gives generational wealth. That's not what I can pass down to, you know, my kids and grandkids. That's not what I can use to, you know, give my family a great life, for example. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in. This is not, you know, this business, Freeman Publications, like, this is all I do all day. Just trying to help people understand this stuff. Because anyone can be a great investor. Anyone. I don't care what your background is. I have no finance background at all. And it's funny because occasionally I'll get a question like, hey, by the way, what are, you, what are your qualifications to teach this stuff? I was like, experience. I lived through it. That's my qualifications. I've done it. I've been in the trenches. Didn't go to MIT. Didn't go to Harvard. Didn't go to Wharton Business School. And then if you research like the great investors, very few of them have any sort of finance background. You know, the Peter Lynch's of the world, the Charlie Mungers of the world. Honestly, outside of Warren Buffett, most of them are like history majors, philosophy majors, psychology majors. They understand the human mind. They understand history. And that's more important than anything else. Like when it comes to investing, dot-com stuff, it worked. Doesn't mean every single dot-com company was going to blow up. <laughs> Far from it. One of the things I actually want to want to get because I just moved to a new apartment, I want to get a um, pets.com IPO certificate. <laughs> just as a stark reminder of not every tech company or not every new technology is gonna is gonna make you rich. You got to understand which ones. But that's re- that's really you know the whole thing of you just got to be willing to do a few things that people won't. That's brilliant, man. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, so, Ollie, talk to me about your company, Freeman Publications. Talk to me about what your mission is. Talk to me about some of the other books you have out there. Talk to me about some of your programs. How can people find out about this? How can people get involved with it? So Freeman Publications is the company I started. Of all things, we registered it on the day the market crashed in 2020. March 23rd, 2020. Nice. You can go to company's house in the UK and you can look up the date the company was registered. And our mission is really to empower individual investors to make better decisions without having to pay someone a fraction of the returns, without having to pay, you know, huge fees to these companies because anyone who's been involved in investing for any length of time will know that there are these companies that will just sell you a newsletter you'll get our best stock picks today and you know we don't do that we we focus on education we have 10 books currently on amazon a number of them being bestsellers one of them of which this is how you found me the only cryptocurrency investing book you'll ever need we have a book dedicated to bitcoin we have books about the stock market We have books about options trading. Our mission is really just to help the individual investor make better decisions and giving them the confidence and empowering them to not have to pay a financial advisor, to not have to pay a wealth manager because those guys will underperform the market, I guarantee it. And they also don't have your best interests at heart. 
And so by focusing on education, we've been able to build up this amazing community of people from all around the world. I think we've got readers in, last time I checked, it was 31 countries, including wow. Mauritius. Shout out to Ali in Mauritius. Cool. Don't know how you have time to invest if you're living on the beach, but, <laughs> you know, that, that's what we're trying to do. So people can find us, freemanpublications.com. That's our website. All of our books are on Amazon under the name Freeman Publications. Um, we do have a couple of training programs on top of that if people want to take it even further. Um, we literally just launched a crypto one like three weeks ago because that was the demand we had. We had more people wanting to learn about crypto than anything else. So what do we do? You know what? We're going to put together an education program because I want people to understand this stuff and not just pay some guy to shoot out crypto picks once a month because that's not helpful. I'm like a teacher man to fish kind of person. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you about that teach a man to fish thing. I think it's really, really important. Um, so tell me a little bit about your training program. So we have the Contrarian Crypto Club, which is our crypto focused program. And in there, basically what we do is we take people from start to finish of, I don't even know what Bitcoin is to, oh, you know what? I'm actually really comfortable with investing in crypto now, no matter what age you are. So we have things like different asset allocations because I'm not going to give the same advice to a 20 year old as I am to someone in their mid eighties. Makes sense. My rule of thumb is like, look, if you're, if you're 85 years old and all you want to do is preserve what you already have, just take 1% of your net worth and put it in crypto, 1%. If I'm wrong, if I'm the idiot here and it all goes to zero, you've lost 1%. But what if I'm right? What if this is the biggest wealth building opportunity of the next decade? Then that 1% suddenly becomes 20%. And for the 20 year olds out there, I'm saying, you know what? You have so much time to make mistakes. You have so much time to get it wrong. But imagine starting now and getting it right. You're going to be 35 years old and you're going to be a multimillionaire. You're going to be living on the beach. Or you could be using that money to actually like fulfill your mission in life. And that's really what we're trying to do. We have DeFi tutorials in there because that's, once again, people wanted them. They say, look, I want to know how this DeFi stuff works. Can you give us a simple video tutorial on how I can actually invest in for example anchor protocol and then every month we get on a call together all of us and it's just a free-for-all q a and then i'll do a deep dive on a particular topic for example we actually have our next call on monday and we all we're talking about is how to actually analyze DeFi protocols how to see which ones are secure how to see which ones are reliable how to see which ones aren't going to cut their rates in half and we just want to give people that education more than anything else. Because, you know, education empowers the world. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Um, 
I think that's fantastic. We're going to put all that information in the show notes. We're going to put your website in the show notes. I really enjoyed your book. Uh, I highly encourage anyone and everyone to check this out. Ali, I really love uh, having this conversation with you. I'd like to uh, have you come back on the show if you're up for it. Let's make sure. 100%. Awesome. Let's make sure we dive more deeply into various aspects you know, I'd like to do a, an entire show on Bitcoin, as an example. I'd like to do an entire show on Ethereum. I'd like to do an entire show on Solana. I'd like to do an entire show on DeFi. Like, if you want for it. stuff like that, I, I I could do a series of these shows with uh, Ali El Gore, and we can we can make this happen. And I'm interested in putting together a uh, a program to show people in my age group, which is people over fifty, who um, maybe missed out on making those investments 20, 30 years ago. Uh, at the dawn of the internet age, but they're in a position to be able to make those investments now at the dawn of the age of DeFi. And we're interested in putting a program like that together. We have a few ideas around that. Yeah, perhaps we could team up with you on uh, on getting some of that information out there into the hands of the right people. So um, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool to have that discussion with you. And we do events from time to time. Um, How'd you feel about doing a, a talk for both the small group and a larger group, you know, about this stuff? If you're up for it, that'd be great. Always. So we're Always. doing an event on April in April. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to finish this recording and I'll tell you the dates and we're doing another event in May. So let's see if, if that works out. Let's you and I have a, a deeper conversation because I'd like to help you be more successful. I'd like to help you make more money. That's what I do for people. That's my shtick. Love it. Truly, truly, so do I. So, um, Ollie, we like to wrap up by asking you as our guest expert to give us what I call your top three expert action steps. These are like bullet point, your best three pieces of advice for my listeners. So what say you? Number one, go out, open an account with Coinbase or any of these crypto brokerages, buy $100 worth of Bitcoin today. I know anyone can do that. It is not difficult. Just go out and now you're an investor. Number two, get a book, the only cryptocurrency investing book you'll ever need. Absolutely. I highly recommend that. Of course, but I highly recommend it. It's a great book. (laughs) And the third thing I'd say is, Go and watch Margin Call, the movie. It's the best movie ever written about the global financial crisis. It shows you exactly what all the banks did to lose everyone's money. (laughs) And it also shows you why that could very easily happen again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that those those would definitely be the big three because, you know, you get... You get the investing part, you get the education part, and you get some fun as well. Because Margin Call is a great movie. Great movie, I agree. It's a great movie. I really enjoyed it. All right, so uh, that's amazing. We're going to put FreemanPublications.com in the show notes. And listener, Ali El Gore, Freeman Publications, the real deal, was here today on the show. If you're interested in crypto, if you're interested in creating generational wealth for yourself, you owe it to yourself to buy this book. The only crypto currency investing book you'll ever need you owe it to yourself to read it take good notes and to go open up an account on coinbase finance 
you name it, and buy some crypto. $100 worth of Bitcoin is good, although I got to say I'm kind of partial to Solana myself these days, but I, I, I get it. I'm with you on there. And you owe it to yourself to watch Margin Call and have a good time. Ali, it was, it was a real honor to have you here. I'm looking forward to uh, the next time we do this. In fact, I'll book it very soon if you're good with that. I'm going to also, when we wrap up here, set up a, a call another time with you so we can chat about some things we can do. I'd like to be of further service to you. And thank you for being of service to me and, and my audience today, brother. Thank you, Nikki. And to everyone listening, thank you as well for listening. Really appreciate it. And I, I'm so hyped to come back. Awesome. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's guest, the one and only Ali Al Gore and his incredible company, Freeman Publications, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Check out the show notes or go to wherever you happen to listen to this show, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Audible. And until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.